The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 255. Wednesday, December 17th, 2014. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 255. I am Rob, you are Greg, mm-hmm. and we have some reviews. We do? Concert reviews, movie uh, reviews. Okay. Begin. <laughs> All right, so I'll make this one real fast. Real fast! So, a couple of weeks ago, I went out to another concert performance of my favorite new band, and you know what it is. I do. Yes, and? How was it? Can you say who it was? I'm trying to get you involved here. (laughs) LSD. (laughs) I went there on LSD to see LSD. That would be interesting. (laughs) Can you still get LSD? I have no idea. I would not know. I would not know. Hmm. Anyway, it was Lake Street Dive. That's right. They were playing at this concert venue, the largest one that they've done in New York yet, called Terminal 5. Okay. Up on the west side. Um, So a train station? No. They were busking in a train station? No, it has nothing to do with that. Terminal 5? No, okay. No, it was like an old factory they converted or something. Um, that was a club before that. Several clubs. So it basically had... Because it was a club, there's like ten bars in the place. Oh, wow. But it has like a pretty big balcony section, a large floor section where you stand and watch. So uh, the opening act they had was very good. It was Amy Helm, daughter of Levon Helm. Okay. From the band. I'm not going to do it. Don't do it? I'm not going to do it. Don't do it? Which band? The band. I know. All right. They actually sang a song, Don't Do It. It's a Marvin Marvin Gaye song. How was Amy Helm? Terrific. Terrific. She sings very, very good. And the music was very good. It It was like a rock, sort of folksy rock. Very entertaining. She will be 44 years old. Okay, I don't know. Very short. Very shortly. 
Uh, she's very good, and she sang uh, a very slow, melodic version of The Night. The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. Yes. Um, I hear someone. Yes. So, uh, she did it a very nice version. Uh, Levon Helm, her father, never performed that song for many, many years. Um, For some reason, he thought that Robbie Robertson wrote it to make fun of the South. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Uh, She was very good. Then Lake Street Dive came out. They were very good. They played some of their new songs. Um, And my goal was that, because I ordered it on the internet, I was going to get the uh, vinyl LP. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was going to get it signed, the cover signed, by all four band members. And I had a gold pen and everything to get it done. So, the first night, and I say the first night for a reason. Yeah. It was a Friday night, went to see him, whatever. So they had, unfortunately, they weren't mingling with the fan, you know, the crowd, like at the Bowery. They were in like a roped off section upstairs. And... But I was able to get the drummer uh, right after the show there. They, uh, they, they, I got him right there. So we went outside and we waited. And we're waiting outside for about half an hour in the cold. And the guitarist came out. And I got him to sign it. And I'm like... And then we waited and waited. And the other, the two girls, the singer and the bass player, nowhere to be seen. So we went home. Now, I know I see this band a lot, obviously. Yes. I could have waited until next year at some concert and trying to get the two girls. But I'm impatient and obsessive, and I couldn't do that. (laughs) Okay. So the next night on the Saturday night, I went back out there and waited until the concert. I didn't pay for the concert. I just went to wait until the concert was over. And um, I was able to... Luckily, I got there literally just as... Well, the other problem was we didn't know there was a back door to the place the previous night, so we missed probably missed them. So uh, the the next night I went to the back door, and literally just as I had walked up, the lead singer came out. She was going into the bus, basically to go to sleep, and I caught her right then, and she signed it. Nice. And then unfortunately, I had to wait another like hour and a half for the bass player to finally come down and have a cigarette. Because she was up there partying all night. And let me tell you, when she came out with this other weird-looking guy with a this, like, 1920s mustache, just totally drunk, that was a very interesting conversation. Let's <laughs> just put it through that way. So you got them. I did get all four. So I no longer need a picture with them. I no longer need a uh, signature for them. So now I could just go, if I want to, just go and enjoy the music. Right. This is my insanity. Lynn sanity. Okay, so then the other concert review. Uh, which one? The one was there another one? Yes. I, that's what I mean. I'm, was there another another one? Oh yeah. There is. Legendary. I know. There's no other one though. No. Right. Okay. Fine. That's what I'm asking. All right. Go. So, just recently, we finally. As part of uh, my, I guess sometimes you, our, uh, what we would call on the Porn Stevenson show, the See Em Before They're Dead tour. Yeah. And not that they're going to join the Grateful Dead. That they're dead. Right. 
So, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a, a rash of people. Paul McCartney, Chicago, Rodriguez. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Uh, several of these older artists who you never know when they're going to be dead. So, the R- next one... Rolling uh, Stones. I didn't get to see them. Oh, so the next one on the list was the Tambourine Man. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Oh, Mr. Tambourine Man. Play us a song tonight. Uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah. What did you say he was? The freewheeling? Freewheeling. I don't know. I think we might have to come up with some other adjective after that concert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here's the thing. I kind of was expecting something because I've seen enough of his his current concerts on, like, YouTube and stuff. I knew that, you know, I, I heard the warnings that sometimes, like, he'll play songs and, you, like, he plays them in ways that are at different keys and melodies and stuff where you just, they're unrecognizable. Right. So I knew about that. And in reality, and I knew he can't sing very well anymore. I knew that. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. You saw, you recently, we talked about this. You recently saw Fleetwood Mac. Yes. How did Lindsey Buckingham sound singing? Perfect. And uh, what's her name? Uh, Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, yeah. Perfect. Okay. I saw Paul McCartney. That's right. He's in his early 70s. He sounded like Paul McCartney. This is somewhat irrelevant, but Rodriguez, I just Rodriguez sounded exactly yes. like Rodriguez. And he's a solid 71. This is just irrelevant, but this will be, the, I believe, the way the numbers work out, this is the only time in, in our lives that we can say that we are literally one half the age of Paul McCartney. Nah. <laughs> the right I'm just bringing it up. The right anyway. So yeah, Paul McCartney, very good. Yeah. No, no, I knew that Bob Dylan these days he doesn't sound like he did like on, you know, times they are changing or something. You know, or he's not doesn't have that like high voice anymore. It's a, it's a lower <laughs> voice. Gonna work on Maggie's phone. It's a it's a lower voice, Bob. But he also has, like, a gravelly voice thing going on, too. Well, here's the thing, right? So I did not look at YouTube videos. I, I'm i not... I'm familiar with in, with Bob Dylan in a sense of, like, you know, some of the bigger hits from the 60s yeah. and, and whatever. And again, it's like... You know, uh, the the... What's one of his others? You know, hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Positively hey. 4th Street. Yeah, whatever. So I go to the concert. You know, again, he's older. Many years have passed. Decades have passed. I get it. Maybe he won't sound identical. But to go from, you know, hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, hey, play a song for me. And then he comes out at this concert. So 2014, right? Fast forward to 2014. He comes out for this concert, steps up to the microphone, and is literally... Is literally like hacking into the mic. He's like, I'm like, what? What? No, no. He's punking us. He's tricking us. He has to be pranking the. I swear to God, that concert for however long was two hours. I. It was like a sixty-minute intermission. I genuinely... Where is this guy? I, I don't know where he was. I, I legitimately, legitimately believe that it was a two-hour-long prank on the audience. It had to have been. How do you get up to the microphone for two... I'm not exaggerating. Ugh. I am not exaggerating, right? And you know, like Bob Dylan, he has all these wacky lyrics and everything. He wasn't even speaking English. It wasn't like... Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> it was. It was literally. It was not. Eve, Eve, Eve. It was well, not. That was the weird. Remember the Weird Al parody of him. That's what yeah. it is. And the Dana Carvey parody. I, I told was... you as the show was going on. I... Dana Carvey's parody of Bob Dylan sounded 
more legible than Bob Dylan. <laughs> And I'm not, I know it's the Paunch Stevenson show. Rob exaggerates, right? Rob, you're exaggerating. You're exaggerating. I am not exaggerating. and What? He literally, it literally, no exaggeration. This is actually what he sounded like. No, he didn't sound like Cookie Monster. He did. He sounded no. like that. Not one single word for two hours straight was decipherable. I know, but he didn't sound like that the whole did. time. Just sometimes. Most of the time, he's like, ah, da, 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 da. No, he did. He was like, yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was no. And I turned to you and I said, what? "I said, what is this, Tom Waits?" <laughs> oh no! When he first started, he was gravelly, and then as the night went on, he seemed to smooth out a little bit better. Uh, I don't <laughs> but know. He was he was indecipherable, but you know that about him. <laughs> but he didn't use like I, I get it. His voice changed. That doesn't mean he can't speak anymore. But what do you think? First of all, how old is that Dana Carvey impersonation? Twenty years old? Twenty five years old? Yeah. See, he's been doing... He must be singing that way for 30 years. <laughs> Why? I don't know. He it's just doesn't it's care. Stick. I get, well, that's a stupid shtick. Here was my thing. First of all, his band was very good. His band was fine. My Here's my point. Oh, and by the way, not one time the entire concert did he pick up a guitar or no. any stringed instrument. Well, he played the piano. He played the piano for a few songs. That was it. He's old. Here was my issue. Number one, he played the entire concert in the dark. Yes. What was that about? I don't know. And so these like, stupid, like the you know the 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 ushers at the the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. Oh, every two seconds, every two seconds, oh, with shining sure. flashlights in everybody's eyes. I'm just, just turn off the flashlights, please. Yeah, who cares if somebody's taking a video? You're 900 miles away. Who cares? But anyway, and there was this lady in front of us who kept checking her phone. Oh, but every, every two seconds. Two had to minutes. check Facebook on the phone. And it was like, again, this this pitch black theater. <laughs> she turned on the phone. It's like, you know, shining Blinding. right in my eye. It's like, just leave it alone. I was, I would, I swear to God, if she had checked it one more time, <laughs> I was going to grab it and throw it over the balcony. I was gonna throw. I was gonna spill that horrible, like mold smelling lager beer, beer that they gave me on top of her. Um, the the other issue I had, bigger issue than how he sounded or whatever was, he did. He played two songs that I've heard of. I know. Well, other uh, he, yeah. Well, and he, every he played, sing- he played "Tangled Up in Blues," sort of, <laughs> and at the end he played. Um, uh, 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 blowing in the wind. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> right. Well, reinterpretations. <laughs> so what did Tangled Up in Blues sound like? I have no idea. But uh, I- Tangled Up in Blues. Uh, and every single I didn't have a problem with this because it's it sounded like nice or whatever but the whole entire concert it was like you know again just to refer back to Paul McCartney he gets up there he grabs his acoustic guitar he plays soft songs like Yesterday or Blackbird he plays louder songs like Live and Let Die and Jet and he plays I Saw Her Standing There he plays all all different styles of songs. They play Ebony this, and Ivory? N- no. <laughs> this guy, you know, Bob Dylan, and I, again, not necessarily complaining, but just to let the listeners know, his the whole concert from start to finish was all this, like, bluegrass style. I know, but that's the music he's made over the last, like, 20 years. And, you know, and, and it was fine, but it's like every... Every single song sounded identical. Like I, I, I you know, like, like I said, I'm not that familiar well, with. Of course his... it did. It was happy bad do, happy bad do, happy bad be. 
but it was like every song had the same arrangement, had the yeah. same tempo, had the same like feel and everything. It was like it was like one two hour long song with an intermission in the middle. Yeah, like a thirty minute intermission. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't yeah, realize was... he went the the like country western route there. Well, remember he did that in the seventies, didn't he? I don't know. Did he went to all like country? I don't know. But anyway, no, uh, the times they are changing. No Maggie's Farm. No Subterranean Homesick Blues. No Like a Rolling Stone. No Positively Ford Street. No, all along the watchtower, which he wrote. No, lay, lady, lay. Nothing. No, uh, knocking on heaven's door. Nothing. Nothing. But whatever. But it it it, it was. I, I don't even know if I want to say it was entertaining. It was very unusual. The band was entertaining. It was very unusual. <laughs> well, I warned you that it was it was gonna be strange. I mean, look, I've been I've been to they might be giants concerts. Oh, I've seen Weird Al like live on DVD. I've seen you know this was the weirdest concert I think I will have ever been to. <laughs> Between the voice and the darkness, <laughs> it was very strange. <laughs> Looking at this, apparently this just came out a couple of weeks ago. An album called this gigantic album called "The Art of Paul McCartney." What is that? The tribute album. Ah, oh, no, I don't need a tribute album. I'm just, I know, but I'm just saying. So there's all kinds of people on it: Billy Joel and Hart, Steve Miller, Cat Stevens, Harry Connick, Brian Wilson, Willie Nelson, Jeff Lynne, Barry Gibb, Kiss, Paul <laughs> Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Daltrey, <laughs> The Cure featuring James McCartney, <laughs> James McCartney, uh, Chrissy Hind, uh, Joe Elliott, uh, Perry F uh, Farrell, just uh, tons of it. Dion, Dion, yeah, Doctor John, Smokey Robinson, Alice Cooper, BB King, Holy Sammy God. Hagar, Ronnie Spector, Darlene Love. Tons of people. Guess who else? Don't tell me Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan nah. is the vocalist on Things We Said Today. <laughs> now, what did that sound like originally? Things we said today, love. Things we said today. You know, it's, it's from... Uh, hard Day's Night. It's for, yeah, it's from A Hard Day's Night. So what would it sound like with Bob Dylan? <laughs> I just did. I know, but <laughs> well, it doesn't uh, matter. I guess it doesn't matter the lyrics. He he's not gonna get them right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that. And then, he's, he's and, an then and then like a sixty-second harmonica solo where he's doing that thing where he just breathes in and out of the harmonica. It's like It's like when you let the accordion go. Right. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So, oh, did you know, speaking of Bob Dylan, that he actually, this was back in the 90s, he actually was very, very close to signing up to do a Larry David-style comedy for HBO. What? Yes. Bob Dylan? Yes. I, what? That doesn't even, I, my mind can't even process that. <laughs> I don't know why he had this this stupid idea, it, it, but this came out. This came out like about a month ago. It was an HBO producer. Come on, 
So wait, so so it, and it was going to be was a Larry comedy. Charles, in fact, you know from Seinfeld. Right. It was going to be a comedy. Yes. So Bob so, Dylan has a sense of humor. No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, then how was it? That doesn't make sense. Wait. So he was talking. This guy, Larry Charles, was talking to this uh, podcaster comedian Pete Holmes, who has a podcast. You made it weird. Um. And all they were talking about, they said that back in the 90s, uh, Bob Dylan was constantly touring and was stuck on a bus a lot. And so he was bored. And to combat his boredom, he became addicted to different genres of movies and would watch every one of them. He said he was deeply into Jerry Lewis. So he had decided that he would star in a slapstick comedy. No. Yes. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Can you imagine Bob Dylan in a slapstick comedy? <laughs> no. How would he be able to speak any of the lines? That's the thing. We, we wouldn't understand him. <laughs> but like listening to Ricky Gervais. It'd be like like uh, uh, Harpo Marx. Mute. <laughs> Actually, he kind of looks like, uh, like one of the Marx brothers. I should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. Wow. All right, so yeah, next. So. Yeah, really. Um, so Celebrity Death. Celebrity Death. I wanted to mention this one. Um, I was joking about it. Everybody was joking about uh, the crack mayor of Washington, D.C. Remember him? Yes. Marion Barry? Yes. So he finally died. He was 78. Uh but I was joking because when the people died, I was like, oh. I was like, remember in Back to the Future when, when the, the guy, the singer who cut his hand, calls on the phone to, to his, quote, cousin Chuck Berry? Yeah. And he's, he's, like, he's like, hey, is this Chuck? He's like, he's like yeah, no, this is your cousin. This, hey, it's Marion. Your cousin, Marion Berry? Mm, I thought he said Marvin. No, it was, I thought it was Marion. Marvin. Oh, was it Marvin? Oh, shoot. There goes the joke. Ah, I couldn't remember it. Oh, well. So, uh, what, 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 what did you have there? Other than some crashing noise. It's going to be noisy. All right, so, real fast, the celebrities. Uh, I, um, so I was, in, I was in Manhattan again. And because a lot of people had gotten him at, at one of these uh, uh, the theater performances, it's very easy to get. Is Bradley Cooper? Ah, big star now. Half a hangover. Of Milton Bradley. Okay. No. Uh, no relation. <laughs> no. Uh, Bradley Cooper, a star of uh, The Hangover. He's also in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Uh, Starring. Starring, Guardians of Chris Pratt, yeah, who is in the upcoming Jurassic World. Movie? Yes, what is that? That's the one that's been worked on for like twenty years, and they're finally making it. Oh my god! Listen, this, this it actually doesn't look too bad. I just the concept I think is stupid now. But this is what happens, right? Why does this happen? Where you'll get a few years where one actor is like in every hat it happened with ben stiller it happened with owen wilson it happened with michael Sarah. it happened with now it's happening with chris pratt it's like he's hot he doesn't have to be in everything it's overexposed overexposed yeah well and i don't think necessarily right you know i love chris pratt but i don't think he's right for every single role he was very good in Guardians of the Galaxy. No. He was also good in The Delivery Man. This is what I say. You know, I know, I know that once, like, like this happens, the actor gets hot, and they get all these offers, and like, wow, I don't want to turn anything down. It's like, but you know what? In the long run, let us miss you. Let us miss you. It's okay. Uh, let us miss you that. so no, we don't bad. get burnt out, and then you have a nice long steady career instead yeah, but instead he's gonna be hot for like three years and then he's I gonna disagree. vanish michael sarah michael sarah vanished owen because wilson he's, because we've talked about michael sarah before 
every movie he's Michael Sarah. I know. In every movie, Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt. Not in the action movies. Well, anyway, Owen Wilson. Look at vanished. Harrison Ford. Owen Wilson vanished. Always working. Right. Well, that was partly because he went a little nuts, but he's back. He was in that terrible Google movie with Vince Vaughn. Uh, that well. <laughs> anyway, so Bradley Cooper. So I, I went there uh, one night. It was still somewhat you know, decent out weather. So I got there about half hour before the, the thing let out and probably about an hour before he actually comes out. So while he was there... Um, I, I tried to get a picture with Patricia Clarkson. Don't know. Uh, she's an actor who's been around for a while. She she was in that... Remember that terrible Larry David movie that we saw? Oh, uh, what's... Uh, whatever Works? Yeah, whatever whatever that Woody Allen garbage. She was in that. She was... Uh, I forget who she... Oh, she was... Remember the girl that he was married to? I think she played her mother. Yes. But she's a very nice lady, and and I was gonna, I got the picture, but she moved before the the stupid you know camera flashes stopped going off. Ah, so you got motion blur. No, no, it came out perfectly. Oh, but she was looking at me, and I wasn't totally in the picture. So I guess it's kind of my fault. Oh. Then I got Alessandro Nivola, who was we're talking about Jurassic Park. He was in the third Jurassic Park. Called. Jurassic Park 3. Oh, it didn't have a subtitle? I don't think so. Um, he was a nice guy. And and I'm saying, oh, I got a flash. You just wait for it to blink like three times. And it blinked twice. And he goes, he goes, oh, it only blinked twice. I'm like, yeah, but it came out fine. He's like, okay. okay. And I didn't I didn't have a time. I knew he was in it. I didn't have, he was there. I didn't have time to buy like a Jurassic Park DVD or something and get him to sign it. And finally, Bradley Cooper came out with people screaming. And there had to be 200 people lined up. And I did what I did was I, you know, fairly big guy. So I purposely, like, crowded, like, spread my legs and everything. Like, tried to take up as much as most space as I could at the railing. Yeah. So nobody could get in next to me. And it was a good thing. So I had my camera. And I had an 8x10 of the hangover I wanted him to sign. Now, he had his own pen, but his signatures are terrible in those. There's just like a scribble. Right. So he, like, scribbled on my thing, and then I showed him my camera. Now, what he does is he takes... He'll hold the camera and take the picture okay. at these things. That's just what he does. He even does it if you meet him in public. Um, so he was, he's taking the picture, and he didn't wait for all the flashes to go through. Of course not. Stupid cameras. So he's handing it back to me. I was like, uh, and I'm looking at him like, and I'm like, uh oh, uh oh. And I press the button real quick, quick to look at him. I was like, oh, uh, oh, we, uh, I said something like, oh, yeah, it got messed up. You moved the camera too fast. But he was really cool. He goes, he goes, oh, oh okay. So he, after he signed the people next to me, he came back over, took it again, and this time he waited and, and it came out perfectly. Now, on his Wikipedia page, this is just a side note, but I'm, I'm scrolling through his Wikipedia page, and there's a picture with a caption that says, Bradley Cooper at the 2009 Tribeca Film Festival premiere of Whatever Works. Oh, no! What is it with this movie? He probably didn't know! <laughs> it's bad. So, yes, I was cool, and I was uh, the marked-out people were like, oh, man, you got a really good shot of him. He's usually... Not a good picture when you when you get him at those things. It's but so that was cool, and I got the signature. And then I'm going on the subway in Times Square, and I'm waiting at the platform for the train. And you know, guess it shoots right past me. Director John Waters. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like I was like, oh John Waters. I didn't. I was not going to make the blunder I made with Paul Simon. Right. Okay, John Waters, big fan. He's like, oh, yeah, thank you. And I patted him on the back, and he, he was, like, running down the other end. So I'm like, you know what? i got to get the picture. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of scooted down after him. Luckily, the train took a while. So I just walked up. I was like, hey, Mr. Waters, uh, can I bother you for a picture real fast? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. And so I got the picture. That one I had to use it on the iPhone, on the uh, 
you know, the, the front-facing camera. I wasn't going to take my actual camera out again and all. Yeah. So he was nice. Oh, yeah, he was very friendly. Because he seems like he'd be very friendly and, yeah, and social yeah, in real life. Yeah, he's a nut. So that was cool. Um, and that that's basically it for the celebrities and me right now. I, real fast, I was going to talk about uh, you can. These are in stores now. Mm. All of these are flashback uh, systems from at games at games. Right. Uh, the flashback. So basically, they've been making these for several years. They didn't make them originally. It was another company that made the Atari flashbacks, which were again like a small, like a uh, mock version of the original console. That you know everything is emulated. You know the ROMs are built into it and all that. Well, originally, with... uh, originally it was the Atari VCS. What? The flashback. No, what were you talking about? The Atari flashback, the original one. Yeah. It was originally modeled after the VCS. No, it wasn't. It was originally modeled after the the seventy eight hundred. Uh what? Why? I don't know. 2600 Junior. No, the 7800. Right. It had those stupid like Proline controllers that stink. Nobody, uh, everybody hates that one. It was garbage. But the games were VCS. They were 2600, 2600 games. There were a couple of 7800 games on it. It was bad. Then there was a Flashback 2, which actually essentially used like real, more or less Atari hardware. So if you wanted, you could do like a cartridge mod to it to be able to put cartridges into it and everything. Right. But they always, the, the theme, and now they've also made Sega Genesis ones for them. The theme always was that the controllers, for the most part, were authentic controllers. Like the same shape, feel, that kind of thing. Size. Um, and they've also, a lot of these, they've put a lot of homebrew games because they don't cost them anything. Really. So this time around, they came out with an Intellivision flashback and a ColecoVision flashback. Wow, getting more obscure. Well, yeah, yes and no. But, you know, so these are popular amongst the collectors, even though they, it turned out that there was a lot of mistakes made with them. <laughs> right. And uh, some, like, hardware kind of mistakes and things like that people were annoyed with. You know, like, they screwed up the ColecoVision controllers won't work on an original ColecoVision. The same thing with the Intellivision. So... You know, they obviously they couldn't put all the games on it because of the licensing. But they're nice, you know. They're you know, if you're nostalgic, if you grew up with those systems, you could buy them. They're very cheap. They've been on sale now for like thirty bucks. Normally they're like forty. You know, the the, the Atari flashback also the the one normally has like wireless joysticks, but I've seen versions that have the the corded joysticks, and also ones that come with the corded paddles. Mm. And, um, you know, those have a decent variety of games now. And uh, and some homebrews and stuff like that. But, you know, they're all composite output, so you don't have to worry about, like, RF on the original systems, yeah. you know, which are a pain. Yeah, so it's an upgraded yeah. connection. Right, so, you know, they're a novelty. You know, they still make the Genesis one also. Yeah. Unfortunately, other than the Genesis one you can't like load ROMs on it yourself. So, so that, that's to me that's the only big downside. So you are someone who has the original hardware. Systems. Right, yes. the original consoles. So for someone like you who has an old ColecoVision. Yeah. And an old Intellivision. Correct. What is the benefit of buying this new mock version of it well there's no benefit so much to say as with the collectors how much is there a benefit for anything that we do in reality no but I'm just saying like okay if I grew up with we're all nuts listen if I grew up having a Coleco vision and I don't yeah. have it anymore but I have fond memories yeah and I, I'm walking down the, the aisle of a store, and that catches my eye. It's like, oh, I, I had that. I remember that. Mm. Hey, 30 bucks. Let me throw it in the cart. I'll bring it home, play with it for a little while, and have some fun. I mm. get that. But for someone who has an old ColecoVision still, yeah. 
is there a benefit to to buy like do, like you said do, it comes with some home brews like what's I guess you get oh. the the you know you get the composite video output I guess that's a benefit yeah um I think if you're again to be honest uh, I I think it's if you're a collector then it's something else that you collect so for a collector the benefit is oh it's some it's some other you know, piece of paraphernalia, whatever memorabilia that I can collect. So that's somewhat of the benefit. But if you're somebody who just likes to play it, I don't know what the benefit. The benefit a lot of us expected was that you would have been able to take the controllers and use them on the original hardware, because the you know the original controllers are notorious for being lousy and breaking and stuff like that. But they don't do that. Hmm. So that's kind of the, that kind of defeated that that purpose. So I don't know. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe the if they do you know another version. But the problem the problem always is with them allowing some kind of SD card um, input. Is that costs money? You know, to put that in there, and then there's always, you know, the threat of, oh, you know, we're going to get sued or this or that, so. Yeah. They don't so, really all right, so, so real quick, so what's your rating overall? Thumb up, thumb in the middle, thumbs down? I think that the Atari Flashback 5, because of the M Network games that were added, which were essentially in television games back then, because of those games that were added... I think that that one I'd give like a B plus over some of the past Flash Atari flashbacks, like three and four, which I don't think these. This one I think is a, is a little bit better. The ColecoVision flashback has an actually a really really good array of games from all kinds of different um, um, uh, license holders. So for that, the games really really good choices. The problem is the controller, again, not backwards compatible. The control stick on it, they made it too short. And I think that they there was some other issues with it, like some of the sounds on it are a little weird. I just think that they made some bad hardware decisions with it. So for that one, I'd give like a, a B-. minus. For the Intellivision, I probably would give it like a B-. Only because the game choice stinks. The library, it's only the Mattel games. And not even all of them. Like, they didn't even... For some reason, they didn't even put the Tron games on there. Even though they had re-released all of the Tron games as generic games back in the 80s. After they lost, you know, the Disney license. Right. And they still didn't do it. And, again, the, the controllers don't work necessarily, so... I don't know. So our last segment uh, of the episode is actually uh, another book signing report. But since Rob has never seen the TV show Lost, uh, he's been he's been excluded from this to prevent any any leakage of any spoilers in case he decides to watch uh, the six seasons of the show that he's never going to see. So about a month ago, I, uh, I went out to New York uh, book signing at the Tribeca Barnes & Noble. It was for Evangeline Lilly, who played uh, Kate uh, on uh, Lost, and who uh, Sawyer, character of Sawyer, referred to as, Hey, Freckles. <laughs> freckles. <laughs> uh, anyway, she had... Um, she actually retired somewhat from acting for a few years and just recently came back for The Hobbit. I all things to come back for The Hobbit. So, you know, I was a big fan of Lost and I decided to go there. Uh, their crowd wasn't that big. And she showed up in this odd outfit. Um, she had short hair, a lot of makeup. This uh, goofy bowler hat, like a picnic table for a skirt, etc. Uh, but she was very friendly, very nice, and what she normally does, it's actually a children's book, by the way. Uh, it's a very, very short 
uh, illustrated, very nicely illustrated children's book called the Squicker Wonkers. So what she normally does is, with like music playing in the background, she does these live readings, like in character and all from the book. It's actually very, very funny and very fun. So we will play that. Um, and then she, she, she also went on to do some question answer afterwards. Uh, we have a link to the YouTube video that I took. So, uh, I don't know. I really didn't find anything extraordinary, uh, in that. Um, but at the end, uh, I got a picture with her and I got her to sign this 11 by 14 lost printout that I made in addition to the book. Uh, which is very nice of her, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think she's going to make a new one of these books every year or something like that, whatever. Uh, so maybe uh, next year, if she does another signing, I may go back uh, in case she decides to uh, to dress it down a little bit. Yeah, dress it down a little bit. So enjoy uh, her her reading of the Squicker Wonkers. I don't, I don't. What what are we doing? Really? Ugh. Hey, there it is. But let's turn it up, because you guys want to hear it. Yeah. Great. Keep going. Go as high as it'll go. That's the one. There once was a clever and passionate girl who wandered away from a fair. She ventured inside a wagon-like ride. And what did she find in there? The Squicker Wonkers. <laughs> Welcome, my dear, said a voice from the wings to the fabulous Squicker Show. You dropped in your coin, so now you can join. Come up here and see how it goes. The girl looked around to see who it was that spoke with the sinister tone. But she saw not a soul, save a rat in a hole. It seemed that the girl was alone. At once there came a noise from above. Nine figures swung down from the shadows. Their bodies hung loose, as if strung from a noose, as if all nine were hanging from gallows. Come on to the stage, don't be afraid. Meet my motley crew. They may have their vices, but those are life's spices. And I suspect, so do you. The head of the Squicker Wonker troop is known as Papa the Proud. He has terrible airs, never mingles or shares with commoners out in the crowd. The colossal woman on his arm, the crowd call Mama the Mean. Just follow the trail of what is derailed, and that is where Mama has been. Then there is Gilligan the Guilty, who frets and worries all day. Following his wife, the love of his life, who takes but never does pay. Her name is Greer the Greedy, a thief with a great sense of flair. She loves to pick pockets, small purses, and lockets, and hides what she finds in her hair. And how about Andy the Arrogant, the hunk of our traveling pack? He's broad and lean, a physical dream, but brains he clearly does lack. Let's not 
forget Lorna the lazy who mopes all about with a frown. She hasn't a hobby. Her knees are all knobby. She's slovenly, sulky, and down. Gillis the gluttonous has a heart of gold, but a body of donuts and pie. He does all his eating as if he's competing, and sadly, he's painfully shy. Beside him is Sparky the spectacle, the ham of our curious brood. He likes to tell jokes, loves ladies, and smokes, and to our dismay, he's quite crude. Sorry about him. <clears throat> Megan the mute is the youngest, and a leader who's hungry for power. She is wise and sure, her intentions are pure, but her enemies she will devour! So what do you say? The voice carried on. Will you leave or will you engage? Though the girl was suspicious, her fear felt delicious. And so she hopped onto the stage. And so the girl learned on that rueful night not to be too quick to judge. There's a devil inside. She might like to hide. But what if I gave it a notch? The squeaker wonkers. The squeaker wonkers. Yeah. So I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. Does anybody have any questions? You should have seen it this morning. Like a hundred second graders. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's okay. You don't have to have questions, but you might have books you want signed. Should we do that? Okay. Okay. And is literally is literally like hacking into the mic. He's like I'm like, what? What? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, he's we both punking us. At he's each tricking other us. Laughing. He has to be pranking the. I swear to God, that concert for however long it was two hours. I, oh, I. It was like a sixty-minute intermission. <laughs> I genuinely. Where is this guy? I I don't know where he was. I, I legitimately, legitimately believe that it was a two-hour-long prank on the audience.